as I'm reading through my Bible, of course, the whole time I, I'm trying to glean out, you know, what, what does God want? What, what do you want me to know? And I'm constantly asking him for wisdom on what to preach, what you, what you need, because I don't know what you need. Only he really knows what you need. And so I ask him, Lord, give me something. I'll preach whatever you lead me to preach. And so I finish the book of Daniel, and always I read Daniel very slowly. I would be highly honored to be referred to by God as greatly beloved. Man. Wow. Think of God referring to you. Gabriel said, Thou art greatly beloved, Daniel. Wow. I stop usually when I read it and I say, Oh God, I want to I want to live in such a way that you can say that about me. Then I run into uh Joseph. I see how humble he was and how he was so abused and mistreated and unfairly dealt with. And I often say, Lord God, may I have a purity, an honest purity like old Joseph had. Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife was probably a real looker. That's, that's in the Hebrew. <coughs> Just like in the Hebrew, Jezebel was a fox. That's, that's in the Hebrew. It's not in English. <clears throat> and Delilah wasn't bad either. Because those men, they got under the spell of them girls about doing anything. And uh, I asked God, help me to be, help me have a heart like Joseph. Help me to. Oh, what an honor it would be that you would say of me that I was a man after your own heart. Wow, wow. So I don't feel worthy of any of those. And I don't feel like I'd come even close to those, but I'd like just a little. And I started looking at, as you look down through chapter 11 into 12, and you see that situation that develops there between Gabriel and Michael and him being detained. I said, I said I'm going to prepare something on, the title of this is Some Things, I didn't say everything because that would be exhausting. But I'll have some things we know about angels slash Satan. Or if I could say the spirit world from the Bible. Some things God has chosen for you and I to get to know about about the invisible world. I think I, I, think I need to get an exclaim, uh, uh, um, a warning. No one should get overly interested or overly excessively interested in demons, Satan, angels. What you need to know about these... These, these groups of, of, of beings are in the Bible. It's in the Bible. God says, I want you to know about this. But a, a poor soul came to me years ago, a lady, and she said, 
I have my own personal angel. They got that from a guardian angel type of a deal. And they said, uh, I know his name. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. I, I get in a room with a candle, totally dark room with a candle. And I tell him, if you're here, blow that out. He blows it out. I said, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. You're getting into areas and into, into things that you don't understand. And God never wanted you to understand, and God never wanted you to delve into. Jesus should be on your mind. The Bible should be on your mind. You don't need to know about any more than what I'm going to go over tonight, and there's other things that I'm not going to touch. This is a two-part. I think this is a one-and-a-half-part message. You're going to get out either late tonight or early tonight and late the next hour, maybe early, late one, early, I don't know. Every time I prepare something like this, I expect an attack. Uh, Because the, the invisible kingdom, here's what I'm saying, here's what you say. I do not believe they know, biblically, they do not know what we think. They do, however, can read your kinetics and what you, your expressionisms and stuff, but they can't read your mind. God is the only one that is allowed to read your mind. So you don't have to reveal everything you know. But when you do this kind of stuff as a preacher, you understand there's certain kickback, pushback that comes from the invisible kingdom. You just do it and trust God. We learn quickly in our study of the invisible well, of the spiritual world, that there are really there, there are two realities. There are two realities. We have the visible reality that you're in right now, the corporal, physical, material reality that we're in right here. Here we are, you know, material. This is what we most of the time are familiar with. This is what we are born into and we live in and move and have our being in. There also is an invisible world coexisting, cohabitating in the same space. Uh, and it is the, uns- the Bible calls it the unseen things, called the spiritual things, the invisible things. These are words that's used. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, Well, if you're not looking at what's seen, what are you looking at? But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Well, boom, boom, boom. That's a big one right there. All of the, your body cannot go to heaven. It is temporal. Your house, your possessions, your, your whatever little things you, you scrape together or get it entrusted to this side of heaven is going to be left here. And we know from the Bible the end of all this is to be burnt by fire. That the molecules, the elements will burn with fervent heat. They'll split, hydrogen will split from oxygen, oxygen, and all of these volatile elements will burn as one sun, one giant, the earth will become one giant fireball. And what God's doing, he's cleansing it. 
from the curse of sin. Because he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Everybody all say amen to that. But it's hard. It is hard to constantly be in this seen world and try to keep our focus on the unseen world. It's hard. I'd lie to you if I told you one. You gotta keep you gotta keep your head about you. You gotta because pretty soon you you treat this stuff like somehow or another it's got a permanence to it when you know it. I mean, I think in in kindness, God lets us see our relatives die. You see your grandpa and grandpa die, you see your mom and dad die, you see friends die, you see classmates die, uh, maybe your mate dies. I mean, that's actually kindness. What is God trying to teach us by all that? This is not where you put all your marbles. That's not in the Bible. But don't overly, I mean, yes, in this moment of time that we have, we're to use our hands, our feet, our mouth, our voice, you know, all our senses to serve God and to complete his will. Go into the, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature, uh, edify the saints. Yes, we're to do all that. And, but that's all really part of the invisible kingdom, too. So one of them, these two parallel universes, one of them is temporary, one of them is eternal. We learn from the Bible that there is war right now, going on right now, between two major forces within this invisible realm. Light versus darkness, good versus evil, God versus Satan, and there's other, that's just a sample of it. That's what's going on. There's war going on in the invisible kingdom around us. And they're trying to influence the visible kingdom. So the invisible kingdom is seeking to influence the visible kingdom. If we have revival, let's say we have uh, Bruce Humbert, and uh, he's here Monday through Thursday, right? Every night, 730. There may be a message that he's going to preach, which is not secret, by the way, that will help you, that will maybe answer a long, lifelong glitch, free you, release you. I've seen this so many times. And you'll, the war's on. It'll, you know, there, there won't be much resistance for coming Monday night. But if that message is going to be preached Tuesday night, and he makes it knowing what he's going to preach, the invisible kingdom knows. And they'll say to their cohorts, whatever we got to do, we got to keep Don out of here on Tuesday. I mean, have him hit his thumb, have him slip and hurt his foot, have his tire go flat on his car, have his engine blow, have something, do whatever you got to do, but don't let, have somebody from church treat him bad. Do something to sour him so he don't show up that night because that night, let me say this, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Don't ever, never, never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in preaching the Word of God. Man, <clears throat> how many have experienced that kind of resistance? Yeah, many of you. <clears throat> to me, it's become almost obvious now. Well, what's going to go wrong today? It's okay. 
Ephesians 6, 2 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. These are not visible things, by the way. These are invisible things. Principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness of this world. Those are the invisible things. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. The visible lusts against the invisible. And the spirit lusts against the flesh. The spirit against the flesh. So the spirit fights the flesh. The flesh fights the spirit. The visible and the invisible are at war in us. These are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's that coming on Tuesday night. I, that's the proof text for that. So that you won't do the things you would. Let's say God wants you to go door to or door, to door and, and, and lead somebody to Christ. You have a real whimson, wonderful, sweet personality. And you're going to just be able to win people to Christ and uh, not be like Chris and I. But anyway, you're going to be able to go out there and and, and you're going to get some resistance on coming. Oh, they don't need me. It won't make any difference. Oh, yes, it will. There's war. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. For though we, we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So the Bible says we're at war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. We, in the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit, have the upper hand. We are not victims looking for a place to happen. We're, con we're more than conquerors looking for a place to win. Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So the invisible things and the visible things are in parallel, but they're at war. But they're not just at war from visible to invisible. They're at war among themselves. The invisibles are at war among themselves too. By the way, if I may, if I may say this, we learn that Satan loses. I'm glad I learned that. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9 says there was war in heaven. Michael, which is the head guy. If you ever meet Michael, whoa. If you ever meet Michael, it's big because he's the number one. Uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. He's number one in his kingdom. And the dragon fought against and his angels. So you had Michael and his angels fight against the dragon and his angels. Now, we didn't learn that from the Bible. This isn't speculation. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more for them in heaven. Woo! And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. <clears throat> Throw your hands up and say, glory to God, hallelujah. That's a great day. <clears throat> Revelation 20.10 says, the devil, was the devil that deceived them was cast in a lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. This hasn't happened yet. I shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Two those two things have not happened yet. But they're going to happen because it's in the Word. We already know that under the grace of God, God wins. And God's people win. And Michael wins. And his angels with him win. We learn about, that we learn from the Bible that there's both good and bad angels. 
we, were, we learned originally angels were ministering spirits. That's found in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now, I don't doubt that you have something called, that we call a guardian angel. I don't doubt that there is an angel that helps. I can tell you this. I have been supernaturally saved, physically saved from death and injury that I know of at least a half a dozen times. That it was just miraculous. It was out of nowhere. And it was like somebody talked to me. And it was like, wow. You know, so I know that God's working in this thing. Uh, about, about 20 years ago, <clears throat> I had a hunting lease. I was part of a hunting lease out here in Corsica Road. It was a uh, Lico Road. It was two miles by one mile. It was just natural Florida land, cypress heads, palmetto pines, lots of moccasins. A moccasin is a cotton mouth. What they do is they curl, and if you come up by them, they go like they have a, they put their head straight up like this, and they open their mouth like, now it's real dark, right? The ground's real dark, muddy. Usually they're in muddy, swampy area. You're walking and the ground's all black and dark. And all of a sudden you see this cotton white go like this. And you see them two fangs go boom. That gets your attention. And then they put it back down. They shut it. And then they go like this. And they shut it. Have you ever seen Who am I seeing? How many do I, am I talking to have seen that? Yeah. That's their warning that you're getting ready to get bit. And I'm walking, hunting hogs with my gun, and and I'm I'm doing what I call slow walk or quiet walk. I like to that hunt that way where I just you know you take a step and you you don't make any noise and you listen. I used to hear, I can't do it anymore. Of course, shooting without hearing protection is probably what happened. And I remember I'm looking for hogs. I'm in this real high grass area, not grass but swampy area. And I remember lifting my foot up like this, just getting ready to take my next step. And somebody talked to me, looked down. I looked down, and right under my foot was this open mouth like this. And I just put my foot back like this. Now, man, that was supernatural. There was no reason for me to look down. I had no reason why I would look down, but God said look down. That happened numbers of times. There's a God. He's got angels, which are ministering spirits, sent forth to minister to them or be the heirs of salvation. I'm an heir of salvation. You're an heir of salvation, a born-again Christian. He looks out for us. It wasn't my time to have that happen. I go to Isaiah now, a little more lengthy passage, and if you would turn to it, if you, it would be a good idea. Isaiah 14, 9 through 18, 9 through 17, actually. Well, actually, I'm only going to read 12 through 17, but you can read the rest of it later. I'm trying to, for time's sake, Two places I'm going to go, Isaiah 9 through, well, tonight will be 12 through 17, and Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. <clears throat> there's, there's such a thing in prophecy as an event which has another fulfillment behind it. An event that happened, a real event, but it had a bigger spiritual application. Now, we don't determine which ones those are. The Bible determines which ones those are. In interpretation of Scripture, the Scripture is the one that tells you which ones those are. 
Uh, but a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. That was a sign to the king. But it also happened to be a secondary fulfillment of that, which was a larger fulfillment, was talking about Jesus Christ being born of Mary. But anyways, there's lots of them in Scripture. And if you, if if you recognize them, it's only because the Bible lets you know that those are secondary. Don't go hype, you know, guessing maybe this is one or that is one. People get in all kinds of trouble doing that. But the Bible's clear, shows you which ones are which. This is one of them, I believe. He says here in verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which just weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, if you'll count them, I think there's five of them, there's five personal pronouns. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell in the sides of the pit. They that shall see thee shall narrowly look upon thee as carefully and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof and opened not the house of his prisoners? Now, he's talking about a physical king, but it's secondarily, because of the references, it has to be bigger than that physical king he's speaking about. Same thing happens to Ezekiel. Uh, Satan is behind this so-called king of Tyre, which was a real city. There was a real city. Tyre and Sidon, uh, they were a port city. They were almost impregnable, and this, they, they got puffed up about themselves. But it gets he starts talking to that king about he's going to be destroyed, but then he goes further than that to a secondary meaning, a bigger meaning. Verse 12, Son of man, take up lamentation of the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Now this is where he goes beyond that guy. He said, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now that guy, the king of Tyre had not been. But you know who has been. Every precious stone was I covering. How beautiful was Satan when he talked to Eve? He was knockout beautiful. And you know, women have a little weakness for jewelry anyway. I got your attention. Women to this day still like baubles. And he had them. Look what he had. He said, precious stones I covering sardius and topaz and diamond, diamond girls and beryl and onyx and jasper and sapphire and emerald and carbuncle and gold and workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. In other words, God made him some kind of beautiful. I think the word perfect in beauty really applied to him. Thou art the anointed cherub, that means number one, that covereth, and I have set thee so, thou wast upon the holy mount of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Now we know that's spiritual from other places of scripture, stones of fire. That's right in the throne room of God. Thou wast perfect in the days from, in thy days, from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. What you just read about was a fall of Lucifer or Satan. He's got 14 different names in the Bible. 
And then in Daniel, we learn of what we learn in the Bible about the spirit kingdom. In Daniel, we learn that angels have restrictions and they have differences in power. I mean, you wouldn't know this. Some people think angels can just zap, zap, boom, boom, do whatever they want to do, go wherever they want to go. You get these ideas from watching too much Marvel comics, which, by the way, I hate to tell you this, none of that's true. I see these kids going around playing Spider-Man like there is one. The only Spider-Man there is, there's, there's only Spider-Man that exists is a man with a spider on him. That's it. Spider-Man. But Daniel said, angels have degrees in rank and power. Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Let's see. Uh, then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day, Daniel had, Daniel had a dream. And, and he wanted to know the interpretation of the dream. He didn't understand it. So he started, began to pray. And he began to, he said in his heart to know the interpretation and ask God to afflict himself. And so the angel comes to him and says, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand. Now, how fast do your prayers get to heaven? From the first day, you began to set your heart to know. He says, and chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Don't you feel bad? The Bible says, the righteous cry, the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their trouble. You cry unto God. He's listening. The devil's a liar and a father of it. He's going to try to tell you it's not going anywhere but the ceiling. But by the grace of God, now, he that regardeth iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear. you got to be right with God, right? I mean, to be a fool. You're not going to go around doing your own thing and ask God to help you. Too. I mean, the only way he's going to help you is if you repent at that point. But if you're where God wants you to be, as far as you know, and you cry out to God, he's coming. He's there. No doubt. And look what he said in verse 13 of chapter 10 of Daniel. He said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, ooh, we're learning something now, withstood me one in 20 days. 21 days. But lo, Michael, remember I told you he's the head guy on the good side, one of the chief princes, and by the way, spiritual rulers in the Bible are called princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. And so we, we learn that these angels don't all have the same rank. Gabriel's the one talking. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a high regard for Gabriel in the Bible. He's, he's, all of, he's big. He's got a lot of power. But he doesn't have the same amount of power as Michael has. He got hung up by a spiritual power. It seems to be. It seems to be, don't, don't, you know, I'm not going to die for this, but it seems to me that every country has a ruling spiritual kingdom parallel with the physical kingdom, the kings of Persia. I think he's talking about not physical. He's talking about spiritual kings of Persia. That could be very possible. It would align up and make sense, but it's not anywhere that explicitly said. It's just referred to as this is a fact. Angels are not omnipresent. By the way, this teaches us that. That's what the Bible teaches us. Uh, he was held up 21 days. He was sent by God to go tell Daniel what the meaning of this dream was, and he didn't make it for 21 long days. Now, we're talking 21 days while Daniel was neither eating anything or all he was drinking was, was real poor. And the Bible says he chastened himself. He did not even bathe during those three weeks. 
That's a different kind of fasting, amen? Didn't shave, didn't bathe, didn't just chasten himself, as the Bible says. All he did was eat uh, whatever he decided, probably water and maybe a little bread or something. For 21 days. The answer had been sent out by God through, Jan through Gabriel. Now, a lot of times in our minds, we got the idea, God thinks that it gets done, boom. God thinks that it gets done, boom. But that's not what the Bible seems to say. God uses the system he created. God has, uses these angels he created. He, he could have went, boom, and it was done. But God chose to send Gabriel. Gabriel's a physical, he's an angel, spiritual angel. He gets held up by the kings of Persia, delayed for, God knew that. 21 days he gets delayed. He sends Michael. Michael released somehow. He's a bigger, badder guy, I guess, when he walks in the room. And they release Gabriel. Gabriel flies over to Daniel and begins to tell him, tells the interpretation of the dream. And in verse, in chapter 10, 19 through 21, this is the part that got me when I was reading. He said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong. Yea, be strong. When he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. He said, Let my Lord speak. I said, Let my Lord speak. Thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Well, that's brand new revelation there. But I will show thee that which thou noted, in, and I love this part, in the scripture of truth. Meaning what Daniel was saying was going to be put in the scripture. It was in the scripture forever settled in heaven. And that's what it was. Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 there. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your, your prince, your representative. Well, I'll tell you what, you learn a lot of spiritual truth on that. A lot of spiritual things you wouldn't know without that. God is everywhere, but not angels. No. In Psalm 139 and 7 through 12, whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, nor the night shineth as the day. The darkness is the light, both are alike unto thee. Uh, God's everywhere, all the time. Now, how do you explain that? You cannot. That's knowledge that's too wonderful for me, the psalmist said. That's knowledge too wonderful for me, meaning too wonderful, meaning too big. That's something way past where I'm at. By the way, it doesn't bother me that I don't know stuff. You get used to it. In fact, the older you get, the more you don't know. The more you know, but the more you know, you don't know. Because that's because the more you know. And if the more you know, that makes you able to know the more you don't know. You get that? It's an inverted pyramid. I believe I'm going to stop there and I'm going to pick this up next week.
and we're going to learn some more things that we're learning from the spiritual kingdom, the visible kingdom, out of the Bible. We're going to start with Job. And what a lot, whoa, we learned so much stuff from Job about the spiritual kingdom. So God has revealed to us a lot of things about what's going on in the spiritual realm that we would not be ignorant about it, but do not be obsessed about it. And by the way, if it isn't in the Bible, and if the Bible doesn't recommend it, don't do it. That's what I told that woman. With her, she said, well, my angel, I call out to him. I said, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. You call out to Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God will come. He'll help you. Father, thank you tonight for the revelation that you've allowed the children of God to understand. Thank you for the word of God that's forever settled in heaven. There is no shadow of turning with thee, not even the least. Father, we pray that we would stand having done all to stand. And Father, as we wrestle not against this flesh and blood, but against principalities, I pray that you'd give us grace as you have. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for hedging us about. Father, we pray that you would hedge about Bonita Springs, San Carlos Park, North Naples, that you would bind the strong man, that you would bind the forces of evil in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Father, we cry out. Bind the forces of darkness in this area. Stop them from lying to people and help us to get to them with the truth before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.